0: Many people have problems with art and not with reality.
1: So, why is art different?
0: It's pretty simple, right? This is knowledge, this is thinking, this is thought. Yeah, it does something strange with your head.
1: Welcome to the Undergang Armchair.
0: Bring it. Welcome to the Undergang Armchair. My name is Ando. So when you talk process with an artist, many uh, similarities between uh, various practices begin to pop up over time. But there's also those occasions where you hear about ways of working and thinking that are, that are different. And uh, today's conversation with Johan Furacke is one of those. One of the ones which are really quite inspiring and, uh, and helpful, to be honest. He's a very thoughtful artist and he's methodical. If you look at his work, you can see that his way of producing is, uh, is certainly working out well. And, uh, you know, there is a balance to doing your homework, research, inspirational legwork, uh, and at the same time, keeping a sense of mystery, happy accident, and experimentation in your practice. And I think that Johan is one of those people who really, probably one of the best ones on this program, who uh, really ag- exemplifies that. So personally, this was really helpful for my own process. Yeah, so let's get straight to it. Please enjoy this talk with Johan. Be sure to check out the images on the show notes to connect with what we're talking about. I point to some works during the conversation. And, uh, oh yeah, he is, as I said, slow and thoughtful, and I'm an excitable beaver. So I got to say, sorry, Johan, for interrupting you all the time. Okay, enjoy. Enjoy.
1: Yeah, so then you are oh, the one who has to.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's actually an interesting choice. I noticed that as soon as I came in that you have this uh, this uh, display case or, you know, racks here for showing. You know, it looks like finished artworks on display.
1: Some are. Most of them are halfway through or in the beginning, actually. So.
0: Okay, so you actually have to watch them for a while, let them sit, and then... Yeah,
1: and now I think I have to put up some more shelves, so... There's a little bit more space in between the images because the, there are different stages and uh, the closer they become to be finished. That since I've seen them together with each other, to, together on the shelves, it also becomes clear which paintings that goes in the presentation later on.
0: So you're actually already thinking about how to arrange the whole thing.
1: Yeah. Well not directly thinking about it, but it of course it sort of if you take one, work a little bit on it and put it back and then you don't put it back where it, where you took it, it finds a new neighbor and then you think, Well, that didn't look good or hmm. wow, that looked good. So then you sort of eventually it sort of comes down to which one goes with which and, and the relationship it. to each other. Yeah. yeah contrasting each other or or playing along with each other in some way
0: i think one of the really hard things uh one of the things i have especially with my own work is the editing yeah you know and the arrangement because you know you realize eventually that half the work is deciding what not to show or what is just a process thing yeah. which doesn't you know it's not it's not you're not going to show it but you needed to make it to get to something else yeah and i get really attached to things and then it's uh, it's really a pain in the ass to be like yeah okay this is really nice but it it, it can't be here yeah
1: but that i don't want to save that editing up until the last days or, smart. Or, or at worst and when you are installing like have 100 percent of that work during the installation. It it sort of simmers down or becomes clearer and clearer during the process. This it takes way. a
0: lot of fucking time.
1: Yeah, uh, but if if you the way I do with the small paintings, it you move I move them around and then it becomes clearer. Of course, it's more difficult if you work with large scale paintings. Then you sort of have to have an extra gallery to <laughs> to have that work process, but when When it's small paintings like this you could sort of it becomes clearer and clearer when you when I move them around while I work with them, which yeah. how to install them so and that's that's a then it becomes more fun and more easy to to sort of in, engage that part early on yeah.
0: Uh, that makes a lot of sense. I should probably do that more. Yeah. What I don't have right now is a lot of space to put things and let them just hang out, which I think is important because you need to walk in in the morning thinking about something else and then see it with those eyes or yeah, something. Yeah. Like you're drinking your coffee, you're sleepy, and then you're like, oh, look at that. Look how that is yeah. right now in this moment or something.
1: Yeah,
0: And that that's something you can't rush. It just happens in the time yeah. that it takes, yeah. which is interesting. Um, but I can see all sorts of stuff in here. Like you have these, these sculptures here, yep. next to us, and and then. Um, but I think I think I want to kind of start with hearing about where where you come from in terms of arts. Did you come from? Uh, did you have any family uh, who was interested in arts? Did you have any?
1: No, uh, kind of typical Scandinavian Swedish middle-class family both parents had decent salary <laughs> jobs house
0: nice yeah. little village you know, yeah. town but what happened so, where does it where does that switch come
1: from uh when i was very young i, I was enjoyed drawing and painting with like gouaches and watercolors and not not anything like oil paint or i didn't call it art i wasn't interested in interested in art uh, it was on a on the same level for me the painting and the drawing was on the same level as playing with lego or building model airplanes or right, something. there's no but, justification then you just like to do it yeah so but i did a lot and if i hadn't been able to do it i sort of f- felt like there was this urge and i really need to do catch up with it or hmm. spend a lot of time drawing and then that didn't really go away <laughs> that's the thing. a lot of people make art and they're six and
0: seven but yeah. then they get into soccer or uh i don't know instagram or whatever the, those damn kids are doing
1: <laughs> yeah but I, I actually when i was when i was when i was younger i thought yeah well that goes away and then i'm I get a decent job,
0: <laughs> and it just never went away.
1: And no, I tried to, uh, yeah, like think of other things, imagining that decent job. What might that be?
0: Well, we're and raised I, also to be like, okay, you're gonna get a, you're gonna get an education, which yeah. is gonna lead. Do you like to build things? Do you want to be an engineer, <laughs> or do you like math? Do you want to, you know, and and for some of us, which totally happened to me, I was like, none of this sounds right. Mm-hmm. None of these things sound good. Like before I wanted before I knew about art school and what that was, I kinda considered being a professional snowboarder Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or maybe a cinematographer or something, but it all just didn't really make sense. No. And then you realize there's such a thing as art school and you're like, Oh this is this is more what we're talking about here.
1: Yeah, and also all the other things were like, Yeah, but then I won't have as much time to draw and paint and, oh yeah, well, I'm not the best or even good at that other thing because there are so many other persons that feels like this is the one thing that they want to do 100% and I feel like I want to do something else also or or I would prefer to do that 100% and then that wasn't really something that was imaginable in my family or in my village where I grew up or my family's friends or anything. I mean, famous artists, they were dead. They were something (laughs) else.
0: They were a completely different world. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. There is that switch when you start to realize that it is actually a, a craft rather than some sort of thing that happens elsewhere to
1: other people yeah that was elsewhere yeah probably in some other country or and and they had someone so, sort of wave a magic wand that you're an artist but it wasn't something that i could strive for and uh, it took me a long time and i actually tried to do other things and then realized it's not gonna work and then i found out that Okay so the, these names of the art schools and then you can apply okay so
0: did you figure that out on your own or did someone
1: kick open that door in your head uh, I took a detour to find that uh, fi- find find out on my own I think I started with some preschools that was in in the sort of area so like private
0: art little yeah. small art academies where they kind of do warm ups to applying
1: yeah there's a but lot not of those. private okay this was earlier on in scandinavia right back America. when they invested <laughs> in the arts right <laughs> it was it was uh, i don't know what they're they run by the landsting or or commune right or, or right, something right. like that and you you can catch up your gymnasium degree and at the same time do a little bit of theater or you can have full-time theater or full-time painting and isn't it and great figure that's out an lit- option yeah if, 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 to figure out a little bit what you want to do.
0: So was there a teacher there? Yeah. I often find
1: that there's a teacher
0: who kind of explains, look there is educational options yeah. there are uh, these are some books, these are some living artists there are people, young people you know, like who just kind of like, has you have to be explained because there's no expectation like we were saying that this is a career quote unquote or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and that's what happened to me is I had a friend who went to art school and invited me to come visit and was like look there's a school this whole school is about making art and i was like what <laughs> you know like i didn't really know that i even existed yeah. in in high school in gymnasium they never had that was never talked
1: about as no. an option no no uh, i agree but that at that preschool yeah there was some, an art um, a teacher who's like if you really want to be an artist then you need to go to another school and, and he gave me sort of the names of, of those schools. And, of course, there were a lot of people there. S- some were just housewives or somebody who wanted to be a designer or industrial designer or anything started there. And, and some maybe were on sick leave. Mm-hmm. or So, so he, he at least explained to me that if you want to work as an artist, you need also to go to these other schools and here's how you apply and here's what so that so that was the the start
0: what was your work like when you
1: started uh, art school
0: yeah where did you go
1: Uh, I went to Umeå Art Academy for one year and then I exchanged to Malmö Art Academy and then I applied to stay at Malmö Art Academy Mm -hmm. so so for the remaining years at Malmö Art Academy so I graduated
0: there so when you started in Umeå yeah. What uh what did your what were you doing then? What did it look
1: like? Uh well, it was painting and a little bit of sculpture. That is similar as today, but the sculptures and the paintings are not looking the same way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but were your interests the same? What you were interested in talking about?
1: Word. Yeah, there are some things that tend to stay so you Um, can see kind of a line that
0: goes through it from where you you know let's just say that's your official start as an
1: adult artist yeah well maybe i wouldn't (laughs) want to show those works anywhere but there are some some things that still is similar like Mm. like the scale you can see some large canvases over there but the one that is it's not finished but there is it's still the same scale there's a lot of small images on a large canvas so mm-hmm. it's something with the scale that that i have a hard time escaping mm-hmm. <laughs> I sometimes dream of being this expressive painter that does large scale canvases but never really feel at home in it in that kind of practice so yeah um and, yeah, fig- figurative paintings also has been sort of stayed with me. And, I'm thinking and, story- more like and storytelling in one way mm-hmm. or another is also there. A, yeah, that's sort of a thing. Start engine for me or I don't know how important it is for me to actually tell a story, but it is important to a very high degree that I start that way mm-hmm. to sort of find something needs images (laughs) (laughs) for me
0: right well i mean that's the weird thing i remember when i so like my art school like i made work in high school gymnasium Mm -hmm. uh because i had a really great high school teacher that's where it kicked off for me and then i went to art school and then you get caught into like the current trends and teaching style and discussion and so art school for me was in a lot of ways a detour to try things i didn't want to do and it wasn't until afterwards uh, and i moved here to denmark and blah 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 you know that i started to actually come back to the stuff i originally made yeah okay in a way yeah, yeah. in a way it's obviously i also would not want to show something from 1998 yeah, yeah. but but you know there's that weird like you have to try the things you don't want to do or you get a chance to think about things differently yeah you may have professors who don't like what you do and try to like guide you in other directions
1: um yeah of course i've had that experience as well but i never I never really had a period where I worked with photography or relational like aesthetics art or, or video art. Yeah. Or it was just, yeah, well, i have tried that. Can I go back to painting yeah. now in my studio? Mm.
0: Uh, well, I mean, it's important to work your way to something. Yeah. You know, but some people also, it's clearer from the start what they want to do. Or at least what they're interested in exploring, right? Yeah. Because you never know what you want to do, but you're, you find out what's the start point
1: yeah and it's i mean it was it it has been good to take those detours and experiencing other things and other techniques, but it has always been i have this longing to get back to painting Less talk more just doing it, yeah, <laughs> and learning of course, you need the professors telling you there's other things on the on the Smircos board. <laughs> And try to experience that, and and you try, and and sometimes you get an idea from it that you can use in in a different way than maybe the teacher was talking about. You don't really know how how these things can sort of change your practice. It's
0: weird working at that, or not. You don't even have to work it out, but experiencing that sort of of process and also you know you always talk about as an artist you're supposed to challenge yourself or you're supposed to challenge these notions and sometimes you just end up going down a path it takes a while you realize it's a dead end and it takes a really long time to back it up mm-hmm. you know and I've had a lot of times where I've started projects worked on them for sometimes even years and just realized this is never going to go it's yeah. never going to get where I want it yeah, yeah, and no. you just have to be able to walk away from it yeah which is incredibly painful because you use so much time and so much perhaps money.
1: Yeah, but if you, as you said, back it up and try to find where you went astray. Right, where's the right path? Yeah, but yeah, you try to do that, but you you always find another place to start because you you have that experience of finding that that dead end. So with that experience, you are somebody else finding another way, another place to start. Right. Knowing what not
0: to, it goes back it, to editing in a way you yeah, learn what it, not to include. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and
1: you to, have probably found something that is worth including anyway, yeah. small bits and pieces. Um, but it's strange to, to think of the, like how the, it's difficult to pinpoint what the art education actually gives you, but it, it gives you a lot. That I'm sure. (laughs) Of that I'm sure. But like, what if I've stayed up in Umeå for the whole five years? Would it be completely different? I wouldn't be here probably in Denmark because then I wouldn't have met my Danish girlfriend. And would the art look the same or how different would it be? Sure. What? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess to me, in in a lot of ways, at the end of the day, art school is just a place to make a lot of things. Because you get some space. You get you get you you also get the institutional okay. Because you've never before that in your life been told it's okay to dedicate all your time to making art. Yeah. There might be a little class that's underfunded. But, you know, better do your math homework first. You know, it's not until you get there that it's like, no, this is okay. This is what you're supposed to be doing.
1: Yeah, and you can do it full time. That's the goal. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and you're allowed to... Do your thing, but you're also encouraged to be curious yeah. and discover things and to and, fuck up. Yeah, but that becomes harder after school. Yes, so, so you better use your time to do your fuck ups. Right. You will
0: never, you'll never get better conditions in terms of like having to survive, etc., etc. Yeah, yeah. Did you like it? Were you happy about
1: art school? Yeah, yeah, sure, really.
0: So what happens when you're done? Because
1: <laughs> then the real life hits you with a pile of bricks, right? Yeah. And, but the art, just to, the art schools. Umeo Art Academy and Malmo Art Academy is. Uh, I had very different experiences at those two academies, but I, I'm happy with both experiences. And mm. Umeå is up in the north of Sweden. Not much other things going on. You really had a tight uh, communal feel in the in the school. We arranged parties together. Everything was sort of uh, doing things together. Uh, in a different way than in uh, in Malmo, but in Malmo was much more, for me at least, much more focus on the on the education, and you could take in an art scene for, in the city and in Copenhagen that so that more was, connected in a way. Yeah, so that was a difference between those two and
0: but they also kick the shit out of you in terms of uh like you have to read a lot you have to talk, engage yeah. with a lot of theory and that sort of stuff right
1: yeah how do you do on that level uh, did my best <laughs> <laughs> to to get through without say misunderstanding everything completely yeah but then i mean i wouldn't say that it made me a Philosopher, or interested in, in philosophy on that level, but it changed. It gave me ideas, and I think that what is it was for, mm. like just so to sort of not knowing if it was a mistake, mis- if I misunderstood something, maybe, but it gave me a new idea. Maybe I misunderstood the text, but it gave me a new idea. Yeah, to to take from the classroom into the studio mm. to, I see those lectures as yeah the sort of start engines or mm. new ideas new ways of thinking or new ways of discuss discussing mm. thinking and and uh, but then you were sort of intimidated by those uh, lectures and and uh, completely and in close rooms but it's one of those things that you are sort of glad when it's when it's over
0: <laughs> but You're probably good that you did it too. yeah yeah i mean that was the thing i had i've always struggled very much on the academic level with art not because i can um i can engage with it in discussion i have a really hard time with it in in reading um, and it's mostly just because my brain immediately just starts thinking about other things. You know, i can read four pages of something and be like, well, I just I don't have no idea what I just read. And, and, and I think that's exactly right, that it can lead to new things. You have to use it for what it can help you with. Yeah, yeah, but you can get true. too caught up in the like, I should be reading Sartre. I should know this yeah. because that's important. And it's not necessarily important. It's just all part of the toolbox, right? Mm. It's all part of the things that are available to you. And there's lots of people who don't at all engage with it and other ones who do to an incredible level. Yeah. I don't know where you're at now. I mean, do you do do you read art criticism, theory, academic, any of that stuff?
1: Uh, well, the short answer to that is no. <laughs> at the, <laughs> not at the moment at all. Uh, yeah, I have a kid and a house to take care of and my art practice so it's i'm not at all at that point in my life I, I i have time for that i my art practice is based on storytelling to a high level or to to a certain degree mm-hmm. um, so that's when I when I found when I have found a character that interests me or that in, intrigues me, I that's where I do my reading so to try to find biographies or books or yeah.
0: Is that people often? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because I mean, I see you've got Isadora Duncan over there. Yeah. Yeah. Man Ray. Yeah. Uh, you know, these are these are uh, these are definitely people who there are stories about.
1: Yeah. And the woman in the middle there is the. Is uh, Casa- Luisa Casati, who is the sort of focal point in a lot of exhibitions lately, mm. <laughs> and so these people around her are her group, are her friends, or they were her friends, mm. people that she had close connection to, or at least had met. Mm. So,
0: so is this is this the 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 human stories of it the, that the that, that interests you? Is it the human stories of it? Or is it? Is it more like the myth, or it is
1: it, quite often? Or I try to find these uh, stories that are larger than life, like stranger than fiction, kind of. So mm-hmm. it, it it also since it, since, it's, since I'm working with painting and not photography, it becomes the level of truth is higher in photography than painting. So a lot of people tend to think that it's made up and i would think that if it was photography less people would think that it, it's made up there's but an I, I inherent
0: think that, truth even though it's completely not true yeah there's an inherent you know it's what we use to talk about news yeah. this happened here's yeah. a picture of it yeah
1: yeah but but i i, I think that's a fun part of it and and then i and it is actually true It is, it has actually happened this person had that crazy life and and that those that those people also have some have a story that tells you something about society or about mankind in general kind of so. applies
0: to everything yeah works on multi-levels yeah. of meaning
1: so I, I'm always for, a, for on the hunt for for those kind of stories. So is that a love.
0: lot of fiction or is that a lot of non-fiction, like reading biographies of people?
1: And yeah, uh, biography, non-fiction.
0: Man Ray's autobiography is good. Have you read that?
1: I haven't read that yet. It's a good I'm, one. I'm working my way through <laughs> stuff that I can find of of on Kassati and then I'm working my way through some of her friends that I haven't got to Man Ray mm. yet. Yeah. Axel Munte and Danancio and then I've read some stuff about Paris, or how to mm. pronounce it yeah. so yeah she knew like the whole uh, jet set of that the right, whole time too <laughs> yeah.
0: there's all the myths I mean because they have become larger in life in that there are a lot of myths and stories about Paris you know around the time of before World War II and you know yeah.
1: Belle Epoque era yeah and if, yeah, that's sort of occupying myself with uh, with imaginations, fantasizing about how it might have been.
0: Is that, that kind of childish, do you think? I mean, yeah. I don't mean, I mean that positively in that it's imagination about yeah. faraway places and times.
1: Because I wouldn't, yeah, maybe it is, yes, because I'm not like doing my research as a grown up <laughs> I'm, right. I'm in <laughs> 1923
0: on the 7th of August this happened
1: if i would uh, like go to university and it, this is not the way you learn about the past so but I, I feel at least that i could sort of or that i'm trying to get a hold of a person's life and a certain time and what going on why did it look like that why did they have those references back in history mm-hmm. to that certain era and at the same time looking forward to that kind of society so it's
0: a little art history too in that sense yeah yeah or at least semiotics Um, But, I mean, it's interesting. We look at this painting here with these uh, somewhat, you know, more or less known characters. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then over here, we have these busts. And there's some classical busts, but there's also uh, penises with wings. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, and that seems a lot more general in terms of the signs. It's not as specific. Are these two things related, these paintings and these busts here?
1: Yeah, and these small sculpted. Chirines might end up on shelves together with some, some of the small paintings. And, and the antique uh, sculpture elements here goes together with Casati's world or life. It's all because, interlocked. Yeah. And that's one thing that fascinates me now with her life is that it's, she was an Italian woman born with tremendous amount of money like the paris hilton of, of italy in the 20s uh, her dad had a he, her dad was an industrialist and then she married to to um, a, a man of nobility but without money so she got the title, and he got some of her money, so it was a good match. But then they got a child, and then they lived on different castles. so they had different They separate. didn't like each other. No <laughs> <laughs> But he could go hunting and she could arrange parties. that was the And she said that she what she wanted out of life was to be a living work of art. So everything was like a masquerade and partying and, and everything was stage. And I find that interesting, but also that was not what I was going to talk about. This, These sculptures and these paintings go together in the paradox that I find in that time, that they're both very focused on the antique and the futurist, futurism. The speed, the cars, the airplanes, and the looking backward. Yeah, especially so, in Italy. Yeah, especially in Italy. So so it's a place and a time mm. that I sort of try to get to know a little bit of. Mm. And then like, how do they combine this fascination with the decadent? Like, the, She was extremely decadent and outspoken, so like interested in the decadent like, seances and hypnotism and drugs and experimenting with everything that was decadent yeah. and then at the same time like really into futurism and everything that was modern and clean and fast right <laughs> Well, they thought that of...
0: technology was going to be the save the world we'd live yeah. in
1: spacesuits and yeah. you know by the 1980s or something but it, it's a yeah it's a life tale that sort of opens up uh, a place and a time. That interests me and then yeah so that's how they come together mm-hmm. like the, the antique references and the decadent and
0: yeah. I, I definitely have a point uh, I want to get to about presentation but I do want to ask what do you see in the myth of uh, or the story the history of these people uh, how do you see that related to now
1: yeah I get that question a, a lot and now I always sort of accept that it's imp- that that question is important. I've started to is wonder it? if it I'm, is. I'm not sure it is either. Oh. I'm
0: just asking as a curiosity because I'm hearing about this work or this this interest for the first time. So that's where I start seeing like okay work where this is contemporary art it does have to be the contemporary but it doesn't.
1: No, I think I can answer answer it, but I just, before I do, I wanted to sort of, is that a necessity to mm-hmm. sort of, or can it, it, it can still be interesting art just because uh, it's interesting history? Right. <laughs> uh, okay. So, that said, <laughs> I think we live in a decadent era mm-hmm. now, so... That's, so you can, you can see right. some parallels there yeah i think we have uh, we're living in a time now where we have a lot of uh, extremely rich decadent uh, behavior <laughs> uh, in the that 1% <laughs> yeah they can sort of uh, realize their wildest dreams right and so instead of trying to talk about that that is going on right now. Which becomes now very because, political, too. Yeah, it makes it obviously political, and it's really difficult to get for me to get into that world. It's much easier and to to, to sort of find out about this world in the past that yeah. can say something about our contemporary mm. world, and it disguises also the political, which I like because I don't see myself as that political, actually. Yeah. But, but I like that it is slightly political, or underneath it, it, it also has that layer. Yeah.
0: Well, one of the things art school taught me was that, or at least one of the things I've slowly learned throughout the years, is that making multidimensional work involves leaving a lot of things unsaid, too, mm-hmm. and letting people engage with it on their own levels Mm. you know and that's really hard because in the beginning if I look at whatever I made in the in the late 90s it's very on the head you hit the nail on the head like this is what I'm interested in bam you know and then and then later you learn how to like well I could talk about this in a different way which will give it a lot more of a, a nuanced level of meaning and and give space for a viewer to engage with it
1: that of course then you can be misunderstood which has happened uh, in my case and yeah well that's fine (laughs) or there's nothing you can do about about it or right
0: and then at the end of the day who do you serve you 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 almost always still serve your own practice and your own process and research whatever the hell word you want to use to call it you know that's what you're
1: serving yeah but of course it's nice to be a sort of appreciated and understood but you're part of you the world. You cannot control that anyway. So yeah. so, yeah. I think, like, art that is on your head, especially if it's art, not especially, art that is on your head, political, it becomes, yeah, well, you're finished with it quite it's quickly, yeah, right? You chew yeah, it so, up and then you're like, okay. Okay, I get How it. How's that? Next. So, so, so mm. hopefully, um, you stay longer with this kind of work that is not so direct and...
0: Well, that relates a lot to the question I had about the presentation because you seem we, – we started with this discussion about presentation and the way you set things up because that's a whole other level. And that has taken me a really long time to understand that there is dialogues about presentation which run through – times and places there is right now if you look at uh, contemporary art and let's just say the city of copenhagen who gives a fuck wherever yeah. there's like there's a dialogue there's kind of a general movement in terms of presentation and language of presentation and stuff and that's i didn't get that i thought you made a painting in the studio hung it on the wall and That's it. Mm -hmm. But the whole way like you can say I'm interested in this woman's story and then I'm interested in the symbols from her time Mm -hmm. and the way those two things can talk to each other and exhibit. Mm -hmm. That's something that comes from experience and from you you deciding in a figurative painting not to paint one of these statues, but in fact to place that statue across from the painting in the room. Mm -hmm. And those kind of decisions are very uh, you know, they just come through experimentation and time, and but I mean, it must also come from seeing other people also being inspired by other people's work and etc. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I do art for my own sake, but I also I also do art for the gallery space. Or you, have, it's not every exhibition, but often, especially if I have a solo exhibition, you sort of know that in a long time before the, the venissage and just imagining your artwork there and then how they correspond and talk to each other and that changes the, everything yeah and and that's on the in your head from the from the day you have planned you decided to to have the exhibition up until the the opening so
0: it's crazy how much it changes to the way you see what you've done when you present it publicly like that yeah and i think that's an important step towards making the next thing in a weird way, but do you watch a lot of other
1: art? Do you do you engage with other? Yeah, well, peers, etc. It uh, in periods, yes, and then you of course you are engaged with your own stuff, one hundred percent, and then you there's no need or uh, it's no no not possible to let in anything more at that period of time and right. then you need to actually get some work done <laughs> yeah and then you have this re- read books and see other exhibitions period of time and hopefully right. that that is a period of time when there is actually exhibitions that you uh, get a kick out of yeah. but you never know so you, you cannot control that but yeah my going to see other exhibitions and my reading it, it, it cannot be done at the same time as I'm focusing on working on the paintings in mm. my studio, so it, it it's not a constant. I would say it's, mm. it, it shifts. Um, where I'm
0: at in the studio. What about your relationship to the galleries or exhibition spaces and stuff? Have you? <clears throat> I mean, how does that develop for you? For example, it goes back to that question of when you were done with school. What's real life like? You know, yeah. what do you have to well, do? Well, I really, do? I didn't have, answer
1: that. <laughs> well. <laughs> I was very lucky, I would say, to, but of course, luck didn't really, it wasn't the main factor. It's always a mix of (laughs) luck and hard work and talent, you know? Yeah. But I got a grant from Malmö Art Museum just when I graduated, which gave me sort of a safety net to, a platform to jump off of. Yeah. Or, yeah, a safety net to sort of trust myself being an artist 100%. And get a studio and just get on with the work. How, ter- how terrifying work. was that?
0: Mm-hmm. How terrifying
1: was that? To to yeah, with the grant, not so terrifi- terrifying. Mm. W- without, very much terrifying.
0: <laughs> I think I would still be worried. I would say, okay, you have this money now. This is great, but you know, it only lasts so long.
1: Yeah, but that gives you a period of time to try to find new money. Also. Right, right, right. So yeah and then you can see if that doesn't really happen you have some time to get a job
0: <laughs> yeah and that's the dance a lot of people have to worry about you know and there is a whole like my question often is like how much time should i spend trying to either promote old works getting shows applying for money versus fuck it make new work yeah
1: yeah it's a balancing act always and and also the sort of you can get stressed if you don't really have a, an exhibition in the future and then you get stressed if you have too many exhibitions in the future and which how do you balance what's <laughs> better yeah yeah so but yeah I, i've seen that knife come closer to the throat and then go back in the distance. It's, it's, but it's always there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but I've learned to live with it. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the thing that people forget, too. Being an artist is a, is a, is you're self employed. It's a business. And you have to, on some level, treat it as such. Yeah. You have to have some sort of, um, planning in place and structure just like even the basics like you're saying like you have to you read and engage with the art and then you stop for a while and then you make some work you know yeah. like it becomes this structured system where you have to think over the period of like a year, 6 months, 8 months you know you have like you have to think ahead and plan it out and yeah.
1: and then allow yourself to change all the plans if some new component comes in like oh, <laughs> like a new exhibition or a kid yeah. <laughs> who knows yeah, yeah. Like you have a, to a leaky roof you have to change the plans if necessary.
0: Yeah how do you how did you develop a relationship to the commercial art world? If you have a uh, if you if you got a grant and that lasts for a while, mm-hmm. eventually comes the
1: question of can I sell work? Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and those grants, some I mean, there are different kinds. Some some are like rewards and prizes, like you get for being so successful good job like giving a grant to a tallad or right someone like that Uh, but but this kind of grant that i got from malme art museum was like here now you can have a nice start get going get going yeah and yeah then you're supposed to to sort of get going (laughs) yeah and and i was lucky enough to uh find uh, have a contact get a contact with uh, this gallery in stockholm Called Gallery Flack, and uh, that happened. Or he he had seen my work when we have sort of had open houses on on the art in the art school. At the end of the the semester, we present some work and let in the public.
0: And commercial figures actually do come to take a look. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, that's amazing.
1: And they actually come from Stockholm to go wow. to Malmo to see what people do there at least they did when I went there I don't know how it is now this was before the crisis of course sure
0: but I still think that um, you know that's a big question a lot of people have is how do you make it work after yeah after you know how how, what's the reality and I think the reality is it's different for everybody you you find a way to make it work and you you find a way to live with the choices you have to make because you're compromised at all times yeah in one way or
1: another you have to sort of make yourself visible, I guess, for luck to strike you. I mean to so he had seen my work at when I was in art school and he actually called me and said he liked my work and well, maybe we can sort of stay in touch because the tradition is you're sort of supposed to leave the students alone in Sweden, very much different compared to in Denmark where they get grabbed they get (laughs) really early yeah if if they're yeah yeah um so i was sort of okay uh, let's stay in touch what does that mean (laughs) (laughs) but then i had a small exhibition at a non-profit artist run space in a suburb of stockholm and then i contacted him and he came to see that show and there's the trick. To work to,
0: right right there i think that's the trick is that you invite people to come to things yeah whether it's a studio visit or uh, an exhibition or something cuz like it's one thing to have an exhibition a lot of people make this mistake you open the doors and you just sit there and you go i hope something good happens yeah whereas yeah. instead you can actually use that time to be like okay here's this thing come and see it and yeah. you can actually contact people and say i will walk you through this exhibit if you want to and we can talk about it uh, and that's the sort of uh promotional behavior which isn't seen necessarily as being too much you know it's tricky yeah it's tricky
1: yeah and you also get now we're adding up different roles here Exactly. As be, being an artist having the role as a researcher as a visitor to watch other shows and read like the the research part and then doing your shit in your studio part and collecting your receipts and all that. Paying your taxes. Have to be done. (laughs) (laughs) And then also at least some promotion or getting contacts or making yourself visible, saying hi to people or sending emails. And of course, I mean, when you love working in your studio, uh, that last bit of promotion can be sort of forgotten. Or mm-hmm. I didn't really have the time. And then, yeah. Then or it's just easier to choose something else. Yeah. So, so for some artists, it probably works out if somebody else does it for you. If you have a really fantastic gallery with a bunch of assistants that just make your name visible everywhere. Or, but most of us sort of have have to pitch in on that work mm. a, a little bit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, how do you manage the whole thing? Because you have this beautiful studio here, but I can also see you guys are building a kitchen. So, you know, <laughs> the artwork is, is, is a, a behind a cabinet that's being built, you know? Yeah. Uh, are, you, are you getting up at 5 a.m. in the morning to paint, or are you doing it while the kid's at school? Or, what, like, how do you manage the actual
1: work time? Um, right now... It's not so much painting going on. I had a solo show this summer at a gallery, and I painted like a maniac before that show. So I feel like I have gotten a year of painting out of me already. So now it's... uh, And I also produced a, a small book, like a catalog. So now it's talking about spreading the word, like doing promotion making yourself visible now it's uh, emailing and sending that book and fixing the house so we can cook food (laughs) yeah and and also i found we, we bought this old school in the countryside so it's a house from 19 it's a house from 1906 and i also found that there's a small Leakage, leakage in the roof. So, so let's. So that's got to be taken <laughs> care of. Yeah, shifting the roles all the time. But now, now it's that for a period of time, and then I have some small things that I don't have to produce new work for during up until Christmas, and mm-hmm. then the next thing planned where I have to have something new is after New Year's. So, so so now I've sort of. Found this gap to to deal with the kitchen and the and the bad roof. So, so it's a it's a matter of prioritizing, really. But what yeah, about? Or, yeah, yeah. And always, I mean, if the roof would have been worse, I mean, that would have come on the first line of right. on which the fire <laughs> needs to be put out right now.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's the thing, and like I'm as a self-employed person, I'm still learning how to manage the stress of it. Yeah, because it is, like you said earlier, that knife at certain distances. It comes closer and farther away, but you can always see it. Yeah. And uh and you have to learn how to have, as they say in Danish, ice in your stomach. Yeah. Uh to to be able to handle that. You know, and the word the crazy thing is both of you guys are working
1: artists. Yeah. I don't know if that makes it easier or more difficult.
0: It makes it easier in the sense that you guys can talk to each other about certain things that yeah. another person wouldn't necessarily understand but it makes it harder in the fact that you both have uncertain futures in terms of you know what's what what do i have to be doing in six months from now
1: yeah that's true uh, but the understanding for for the other ones work working life is, is sort of 100 percent. so that's that's a nice thing and then we also of course Help help each other out a lot. That's and and talk things through, mm-hmm. and, and so sort of, so that helps with the stress level. That um, you sort of you're not alone on with everything in in your head. Only you have someone to sort of ventilate.
0: That's good, especially if you live outside of a larger network you know people you can
1: just grab a hold of yeah and they might not necessarily want to listen to (laughs) (laughs) everything really (laughs) the person that you live with yeah they they have to put up with more (laughs) and that's a good thing yeah but but i I don't have a sort of miracle cure for for dealing with this it's uh, Sometimes I think it's too much, and sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm on top of things. <laughs>
0: My only miracle cure is that I tell myself, remember when you had a full time job, yeah. remember how much you really didn't like that yeah yeah. you yeah. know like that's yeah. the only thing is like it does get worse, yeah you
1: know? very, very few times I can sort of romanticize having a a job where you, where you get a paycheck, yeah, and go to work like they don't have any problem. <laughs>
0: their life is perfect <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no but no I, yeah, but
1: they don't have that the kind of problem of inventing your work right. or, or collecting your receipts or or yeah. finding money yeah because there yeah. isn't any money I sort know, of in, yeah inventing your work and and then you work with something that is very seldomly paid yeah uh, right but then i remember those days when i worked at a warehouse driving a forklift and started really early in the morning or sometimes worked really late because there had to be boxes going in and out 24 7 and that was so boring
0: all right not only that you're angry because you wish you know there's something else you'd rather be doing
1: yeah and when i had that work i constantly looked at at the watch what right. time is it I now what time it is right it now? now how much more hours do i have to be here and now it's like oh shit! It's now it's <laughs> really late. Yeah. I have to go to bed. Right, right. right. I have to dinner. get up early in the yeah. morning.
0: Well, let's uh, like like you're working right now on this work about Kazati. Yeah, that's the current project, or what? Yeah, Was the last show also based off of that. I mean, are you working project to project where each project is clearly defined, or is it more like the whole thing just
1: bleeds together? Yeah. Uh, it has been both. At some exhibitions it has been really clear, like, this is about this person. And now it's more like she's still around in the back. Uh, but at the exhibition, my last exhibition, there was no image of her. Maybe there were some people that might have been her friends yeah if if you imagine it so but it was more focusing on her on like on sculptures from from the antiques and antique greek and roman sculptures and that started my interested interest in that started because of my project with casati but sort of a little bit left her behind and aimed my focus on, on Greece Right.
0: well that's the great thing about being an artist is you don't have to have a linear uh, interest line where you say I'm interested in uh, historical sculpture so then I found this and then I did that you can say I'm interested in a person and then all of a sudden you're talking about historical sculpture just because they thought it was interesting mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's a lot of times it comes in roundabout ways yeah. and that's what's amazing is you don't have to have the goal isn't necessarily at the end of a path it may turn And you may end up somewhere completely else. Yeah. And I think that's one of the great freedoms and things that I really enjoy about making art is that you can follow your nose. You know, and you just have to be careful not to get caught. Some artists do, like, this is what you do. I need you to make another picture like this. Yeah. But as long as you can have the freedom to follow your nose, you can do anything.
1: Yeah. And if you, yeah, you don't want to get caught in that signature. Doing signature work like I'm the kind of artist who does uh, circular paintings. I'm sure, I found a technique, and this yeah. is what I do. Yeah. So when I choose, or when it started, like I found this uh, character called Albert Dada. He was French. Like Albert Dada. He was a. He was diagnosed as a pathological tourist. He disappeared from from work and family. And, and then he was, um, he was in prison because he was arrested for vagrancy. You, you were not allowed to just... No hanging around. No hanging around in Europe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> No backpacking yeah. or interrailing. <laughs> you get thrown in jail. You had to have, have uh, visas and papers like tell your your employer had to write letters like, this sure. This character is actually, this person he's supposed is actually to be here. are <laughs> supposed to be here. He's picking up something for That's me. That's wild. Yeah. So you were sort of bound to, to your hometown and, and your workplace much more than than now. But he, he didn't really remember anything. Like, where are you here? Uh, he didn't. So he suffered from memory loss, and eventually they settled it yeah he was sent back to to bordeaux where he came from and he met this psychiatrist that hypnotized him and uh, with hypnosis he he told his about his travels so he has been he had been around the whole continent and and as far away as to istanbul and moscow and, and alger and i found that Story really fascinating to a sort of story without memory, a story without images, and then I can add my images there, and I can also find out about Europe a hundred years ago or more, more than a hundred years ago, and um, so you have to sort of. I, I found that wow, then I have a really big playground here to find a lot of imagery, images to to use as starting points to paintings that's great uh, and to not sort of narrow it down to be become a signature painting sort of wow well, that's a big playground right I can but, do anything yeah here. and I can when I've done that I can move over there and find that <laughs> right right.
0: that's fantastic well I mean yeah follow you know that's the thing like you just follow your nose and open those doors and see yeah what happens just like in a way he did yeah you can remember it <laughs>
1: yeah but there was one professor at art school that said he, refer, he, he gave a reference to uh, a Cable Guy with Jim Carrey. That awful movie? I, I don't think I've seen it, uh, or I have, but I don't really remember <laughs> the quote. But he said, <laughs> I remember the professor talking about it, the movie, and saying, like, the Jim Carrey, Carrey character... Said, there's no end to the possibilities, and 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 then he said, now you're in, you're starting art academy, and there's no end to the possibilities, which is a great thing, mm-hmm. but it doesn't work. <laughs> you have to first have of all limit it somehow. Yeah, you have to first of all create your boundaries with right. your your framework here, where you're. So sort of, this is my territory. Mm-hmm. This is my place, and make make it big mm. so you have enough place to roam right 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 <laughs> but and if you don't like it change it move yeah, it to some place right, right. completely you different. can move the fences yeah but you have to have some fences yeah. you cannot be in that there's no end to the possibilities all the time right because then you will go mad
0: <laughs> i think that is a yeah that's a really important and hard lesson yeah and i think that's a really good place to leave it so uh Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Very much appreciated. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Undergang Armchair. The intro and outro music was kindly provided by Johnny Ripper, and today's interstitial music was provided by The Passion Hi-Fi. You can find links to their music and tons of other conversations with great people on our historical allegory of a website, Bandwidth com. If you do like this show, we would appreciate it if you just take a second to leave a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It'll help others find us. Thank you so much for joining us.